0: Part 3, Chapter 5 of Inchancery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eva Harnick, Pontevedra, Florida. The Foresight Saga. Volume 2. Inchancery by John Galsworthy. Part 3, Chapter 5 soames acts a sealed letter in the handwriting of mr paul teed remained unopened in soames's pocket throughout two hours of sustained attention to the affairs of the new colliery company which declining almost from the moment of old Jolyon's retirement from the chairmanship had lately run down so fast that there was now nothing for it but a winding up. He took the letter out to lunch at his city club, sacred to him for the meals he had eaten there with his father in the early seventies, when James used to like him to come and see for himself the nature of his future life. Here in a remote corner, before a plate of roast mutton and mashed potato, He read, "'Dear sir, in accordance with your suggestion, "'we have duly taken the matter up at the other end with gratifying results. "'Observation of 47 has enabled us to locate 17 at the Green Hotel Richmond. "'The two have been observed to meet daily during the past week in Richmond Park.' Nothing absolutely crucial has so far been notified. But in conjunction with what we had from Paris at the beginning of the year, I am confident we could now satisfy the court. We shall, of course, continue to watch the matter until we hear from you. Very faithfully yours, Claude Portide soames read it through twice and beckoned to the waiter take this away it is cold. shall i bring you some more sir no get me some coffee in the other room and paying for what he had not eaten he went out passing two acquaintances without sign of recognition satisfy the court he thought "'sitting at a little round marble table with the coffee before him. "'That fellow Jolyon! "'He poured out his coffee, sweetened, and drank it. "'He would disgrace him in the eyes of his own children. "'And, rising with that resolution hot within him, "'he found for the first time the inconvenience of being his own solicitor.' "'He could not treat this scandalous matter in his own office. "'He must commit the soul of his private dignity to a stranger. "'Some other professional dealer in family dishonor. "'Who was there he could go to? "'Linkman and Laver in Budge Row, perhaps. "'Reliable, not too conspicuous, only nodding acquaintances.' But before he saw them, he must see Paltide again. But at this thought, Soames had a moment of sheer weakness. To part with his secret. How find the words. How subject himself to contempt and secret laughter. Yet, after all, the fellow knew already. Oh, yes, he knew. And feeling that he must finish with it now, He took a cab into the west end. In this hot weather, the window of Mr. Polteed's room was positively open, and the only precaution was a wire gauze preventing the intrusion of flies. Two or three had tried to come in and been caught so that they seemed to be clinging there with the intention of being devoured presently. Mr. Paul Tied, following the direction of his client's eye, rose apologetically and closed the window. Posing ass, thought Somes. Like all who fundamentally believe in themselves, he was rising to the occasion, and, with his little sideways smile, he said, I have had your letter. I am going to act. I suppose you know who the lady you have been watching really is. Mr. Porteed's expression at that moment was a masterpiece. It so clearly said, Well, what do you think? But mere professional knowledge, I assure you, pray forgive it. He made a little half-airy movement with his hand as who should say, such things, such things will happen to us all. Very well, then, said Soames, moistening his lips. There is no need to say more. I am instructing Linkman and Laver of Budge to act for me. I don't want to hear your evidence, but kindly make you report to them at five o'clock and continued to observe the utmost secrecy. Mr. Polteed half-closed his eyes as if to comply at once. "'My dear sir,' he said. "'Are you convinced,' asked Soames with sudden energy, "'that there is enough?' The faintest movement occurred to Mr. Polteed's shoulders. "'You can risk it,' he murmured. With what we have and human nature, you can risk it. Soames rose. You will ask for Mr. Linkman. Thanks. Don't get up. He could not bear Mr. Polteed to slide as usual between him and the door. In the sunlight of Piccadilly, he wiped his forehead. This had been the worst of it. He could stand the strangers better. And he went back into the city to do what still lay before him. That evening in Park Lane, watching his father dine, he was overwhelmed by his old longing for a son. A son to watch him eat as he went down the years, to be taken on his knee as James, on a time, had been wont to take him, as son of. Of his own begetting who could understand him because he was the same flesh and blood understand and comfort him and become more rich and cultured than himself because he would start even better off to get old like that sin gray wiry, frail figure sitting there "'and be quite alone with possessions heaping up around him, "'to take no interest in anything, "'because it had no future and must pass away from him "'to hands and mouth and eyes for whom he cared no jot. "'No, he would force it through now and be free to marry.' and have a son to care for him before he grow to be too like the old old man his father wistfully watching now his sweetbread now his son in that mood he went up to bed but lying warm between those fine linen sheets of emily's providing he was visited by memories and torture visions of irene Almost the solid feeling of her body beset him. Why had he ever been fool enough to see her again and let this flood back on him so that it was pain to think of her with that fellow, that stealing fellow? End of Part 3, Chapter 5, Soames Acts Recording by Eva Harnick, Pontevedra, Florida